The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Well, hi, everybody. I hope we have a large live listening audience today because I've been putting the word out about this show today. So many people these days read about violence and shooting incidents on in the newspaper, and they say, well, I don't know what to do. We feel helpless. Well, my guest today has ways to make a difference. So I hope that you've you've signed in just to hear those ideas. Scarlett Lewis is my guest, and I was going to tell you a few other things going on, but I just want to dive right in because she has such an amazing story. She's such an inspiring woman, and I know she's going to inspire all of you. Let me see. Some of you may recognize her name, and it's going to be a painful start to this show, but a very inspiring and uplifting, and I guarantee it. So, gosh, why do I want to read a bio, Scarlett? You're on the line. Let's just bring you right in, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's so wonderful to be here, Suzanne. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. Well, I I actually interacted with Scarlett six years ago already. I did a reading for her in February 2015, and her young son, Jesse, came through beautifully. And we were hoping to hear from him and Scarlett. Why don't you tell us about Jesse? I would love to. Thank you. Jesse, I like to introduce Jesse by saying that he was born 11 pounds, so larger than life already, and just loud and joyful and happy and uh, just really the light of our lives. Uh, Unfortunately, he lost his life at Sandy Hook Elementary School but not before saving nine of his classmates' lives. And uh, for that, he was known as a hero. And um, uh, let's talk about that. Miss him every day. (laughs) I remember his personality, and I remember he just was, he jumped and ran up to you in my mind's eye, and he was just snuggling all over you in that reading. I remember it like it was yesterday. But. some people may be confused and not remember Sandy Hook, but that's when the a shooter, Adam Lanz, I believe, um, yeah. went in and, and shot oh, three teachers, was it, and several first it was actually, graders? So it was 20 first graders and six educators. Oh 
And that was on December 14th, 2012. So eight years ago now. Yeah. So I, I wanted to remind everybody of the details, but now tell everybody why Jesse was the hero that day. Well, the the shooter, Adam Lanza, who was a former student of Sandy Hook, whose mother had taught at the school, um, he shot his way through the glass doors and turned left down the first grade hallway that he, he had attended as well. And uh, he shot his principal and, uh, and, and school counselor as they kind of came out of a meeting on the right side. And then he turned left into Jesse's classroom and uh, continued shooting until his gun ran out of bullets or jammed. And during the short delay, Jesse directed his classmates to run, and he was able to save nine lives before losing his own. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, this is really hard for everybody to hear, but it, trust me, it's, she's going to offer you hope at the end. But we also yeah. know that Jesse's still with us. We connected with him so clearly in the reading, and you've probably had other readings. But it is important, though, to talk about how you handled that in the first weeks and months after that incident versus how you are now. Yeah, well, I'd love to share um, with the audience. When I came back to this little farmhouse that I raised my two boys in as a single mom, I found a message that Jesse had written on our kitchen chalkboard shortly before he died. He wrote three words, nurturing, healing, love. Hmm. Now, I, those three words were phonetically spelled because he was in first grade and just learning to write. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I knew instantly that, that it was a spiritual awareness that he had, not a conscious awareness, but a spiritual awareness that he had, that he didn't have much time on earth. And he wanted to leave a message of comfort for me, for his brother, for the rest of his family. And it was but also inspiration for the world. It's, it's where we needed to turn in order to survive and thrive. And I knew instantly that if, if Adam Lanza, the shooter, had been able to give and receive nurturing, healing love, that the tragedy would never have happened. It was so simple. Of course, yes. simple isn't always easy, but it was right there left by Jesse on the chalkboard. What an insight. And I just, have, why I said I'm so inspired is because this is all the teaching that's been coming from my guides ever since I first channeled them. And in fact, you've, we'll talk a lot in the show about the movement you started, the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement. And this is what the guides have always said. It's all about love. In fact, the daily message today was about choices. So it's just so perfect. Oh, perfect. He, <laughs> yeah. he, you say these were words that he had to spell phonetically because he was six years old, but a word like nurturing and talking about healing, had he ever discussed these types of topics with you? No, no. I yeah. mean, people have asked me, did you walk around saying nurturing, healing, love? And I kind of laughed because, you know, I was a, I was a single mom working full time and, you know, always rushing here and there. And those three words never came out of my mouth. That's why I believe they were a spiritual awareness. Yeah. 
And it's one of those cases where, as I see so often dealing with souls who have passed, the soul knows. And somehow some of them are able to get messages through the human part of us for the rest of us. Wow. So we'll talk more yeah, about that. I want, it, it, I want to come back to what you said, though. If, if, if the shooter had had that, he likely would not have done what he did. And this is going to be the, the whole thrust of the rest of the show. You were going to say something? Yeah, you know, I had uh, a doctoral professor that researched those three words because he was fascinated. And those three words are in the definition of compassion across all cultures. And then we broke down the meaning of the three words. And together with Jesse's example of courage, it comprises a profound formula for choosing love. <laughs> so your, yeah. your message was choice today. And that's a big part of what Jesse's message was, that, that uh, we can choose love as a thoughtful response. We can't always choose what happens to us in life. And of course, Jesse would never have chosen what happened to him. I would never have chosen that. But I can take my personal power back in how I choose to thoughtfully respond. And when you choose love in your thoughtful response, you are taking your personal power back. When you react with prolonged anger, hatred, and revenge, you are giving your personal power away. You're literally becoming a victim, which is the definition of powerless. And I just want to say, notice I say prolonged, because anything that you feel is valid. Uh, even anger, especially anger, because anger is, uh, a, you know, gives you a lot of information. It tells you that maybe the, you know, the environment that you're in isn't right. Something's wrong. You need to make a change. But when it becomes prolonged, then it becomes bad for you. That is such a great distinction. I'm so glad you made that. Yeah, so it's okay to get angry. And I'm sure that, well, I don't want to put thoughts into you. Were you angry afterwards, immediately afterwards? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Suzanne. I never really felt a tremendous amount of anger for Adam Lanza. Um, I did feel anger at people who came in to take advantage of the tragedy. There were a few of those. Um, people that had made mistakes. Uh, and and had access to Adam Lanza throughout his life, and and you know those mistakes add up into yeah. what happened. That didn't take responsibility. I I was angry at that. Um, but but for Adam himself, I, I know people would assume that I would have a tremendous amount of anger for him, but I actually felt compassion for him, and I think Jesse's message helped me do that. But. I knew that he didn't just snap. I, I was watching everybody's reaction, and everybody was blaming, finger-pointing, fault-finding. It was, you know, always, of course, somebody else's fault. And, of course, Adam Lanza is responsible for that tragedy. He is the perpetrator of the crime. His mom gave him access to the guns. Yes, she made a mistake. She paid for that mistake, too. He shot her in the face four times before he left that morning. Um, and but in reality, she was a single mom <laughs> dealing with something that was way outside of, of what she had the capacity to deal with. She had no help. 
And she was doing the best that she could with the skills and tools she had, as, as limited as they were. And I knew that he didn't wake up that morning and snap. I knew that it takes a lifetime of pain, suffering, disconnection, isolation, abuse, mm-hmm. bullying mm-hmm. to lead somebody mm-hmm. to do something like that. So I always felt like he was a victim as well. That's a very, very high viewpoint and very, very helpful that it, it, that it allowed you to, to start the movement that you did, which we'll talk about here. Um, forgiveness, that's shaped your life. I've read several Absolutely. articles about you preparing for the show, and there was a, one about a realization you had after reading about the Rwanda massacres, both before Jesse's transition and afterwards. Would you share that before we start talking about the movement and how all of us can be part of the change? Oh, my gosh, yes. So I was reading. My mom and I are voracious readers. We, we don't have TVs. We just read, and that we've always been like that. Um, about three years before Jesse died, I was asking her for a book, and she's like, oh, you should read um, Immaculate Illabagiza's book. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about her experience as an orphan genocide survivor. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to read that. And she's like, no, you need to. And then I want to talk to you about it. So I bring it home and I've got Jesse and JT curled up in my arms and I'm reading about her experience as an orphan genocide survivor and what her family went through. She was trapped in a bathroom for... It was an amazing book. I read it It, too. Incredible. Right. And, and so eventually six months after um, she comes back and there's stability in the country. And she goes to the prison to meet the man who murdered her mother. And she forgives him. And I read that and I was, talk about angry. I was so angry. I couldn't read further because I thought, oh, if anyone ever harmed any of my family, I would kill them. I would mm-hmm. forgive them. How could she do that? I, it made me so mad. I didn't want to finish the book. And then flash forward three years, and I'm in my older son's bedroom after the Sandy Hook tragedy, after Jesse's murder, and he has orphan genocide survivors from Rwanda, not related to Immaculate, that are Skyping with him. He's 12 years old. And they're telling him, hey, JT, we heard about what happened all the way over here in Rwanda. And, you know, we want to share our story with you. And we just want you to know. And here's the quote. You're going to be okay and feel joy again. And I'm standing behind him. And I'm just I I can barely take all this in because here is this message from Rwandan orphan genocide survivors, again, Mm. about forgiveness, I'm looking up and I'm talking to God behind JT and I'm going, all right, I'm listening. I'm listening for sure. So there was a message there that they had about carrying it within you. You you basically said it before, but I'd love to hear it again, carrying that anger around. Well, yeah, I mean when you carry the anger and resentment towards somebody else around with you, you are the victim, (laughs) not them. 
Uh, and forgiveness is cutting the cord that attaches you to pain and, uh, and taking your personal power back. And that's what I did. I, I did not want to be another victim of Adam Lanza's. And I, in uh. fact, I refused to be, but I realized the only way to do that was through forgiveness. So talk about forgiveness versus absolving people of responsibility or accountability. You know, that is so, such an interesting point because, and even within my family, I had the, the most incredible conversations. I learned so much about forgiveness by people pushing back uh, mm. it, within my own family saying, uh, you know, you can't forgive. You know, that's something that you don't forgive um, and, and that you, you, you know, you, you have to, and then, and then uh, the flip side, you have to just let it go. You don't hold, if you forgive, you can't hold the person that hurts you accountable. You just have to let it go. And it really forced me to think long and hard about the definition of forgiveness to do yeah. lots of research um, because what does it really mean? What I realized in, uh, in, in creating the program for the Choose Love movement that I know that we're going to get to, but we have a whole section in every single grade level on forgiveness. And I, I, what I realized is that we don't really understand forgiveness <laughs> as, as adults for the most part. We assume that it's a gift that we give somebody who hurt us who doesn't care, doesn't know, or isn't sorry, and they don't deserve it. They hurt us. But in reality, forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. It sets us free. And, you know, there's so much research on this. And, in fact, forgiveness is the number one way to have healthy relationships, and healthy relationships are the key to happiness per a 75-year longitudinal study done by Harvard University. Hmm. And so what about the responsibility part? Well, so, the you know, if somebody like, let's say, Adam Lanza, I forgive him, but he is still responsible for his actions, and he can still be held accountable. He happens to have killed himself, but if he didn't, uh, he would be in jail. Forgiveness was mm -hmm. not going to absolve him of responsibility for what he did. We're all responsible and accountable for our actions and our inactions, by the way. Uh, it simply means cutting the cord that attaches you to pain. Mm. Okay. What a great definition. Okay. So let's talk now about the Choose Love formula, and the movement you started. I'll just let you run with it wherever you want to go, and then we'll just flow. Sure. Well, thank you. So I, I realized, you know, with all the blame and finger-pointing at Adam Lanza, you know, it's his fault. But I realized it just didn't make sense to me because if it really was all Adam Lanza and his mother's fault, then it would never have happened before. But it had Columbine, uh, so many others, 
And then we've seen so many since. In fact, it's kind of become our new norm in America, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And and that can't all be Adam Lanza and his mother's fault. So then I had to ask myself, well, then whose fault is it? And I didn't see anyone taking responsibility. Talk about responsibility. Nobody was pointing out mistakes that were made or taking any responsibility whatsoever. So I decided to, to take responsibility. And I started saying, you know, listen, we have to take our part, our responsibility for what's happening in our communities. Uh, and even though I don't think I ever crossed paths with Adam Lanza, um, I, I know now, especially <laughs> within the last eight years, that we are all so powerful and that our thoughts that impact how we feel, that then impact how we show up in relationships and how we behave, that casts a wide net. There is a ripple effect, and you are impacting so many people. And so I decided to take my part of the responsibility for what's happening in our world and be part of the solution. And so I started doing research on what might have prevented Sandy Hook, and I landed on doing something a little bit differently, by the way, than we've been doing. We have programming in schools that addresses the problems, for sure. We have anti-bullying programs. We have suicide prevention programs. We have substance abuse awareness programs. And I will also say um, they may work on a limited basis based on the educator that teaches them, but overall, they're not working because all of those issues are escalating. So what we're doing isn't working and doing it over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of crazy. So I decided to focus on the cause of all of those issues. And that is, uh, there's essential life skills that can help us not endure that suffering, not even introduce that suffering into our lives. And it's called social and emotional intelligence. And it includes things like learning how to have healthy relationships and meaningful connections. Do you realize we're not born with that skill? We have to yeah. learn it. Well, wow. you know, the message, to... the message this morning says that we are, we're born into these human bodies that are programmed really they act, to act a bit like animals, tribal, self-protective. And it's the soul that has these innate skills for communicating. So this is the key that it's, it's not always innate. Right, right. We have to learn them and then we have to practice them. I'm also talking about being able to manage our emotions, being able to learn from, grow through, and be strengthened by difficulty that arises in our lives. We all face difficulty rather than resist and avoid it or even numb ourselves. How to make responsible decisions. I mean, all these are called essential life skills. Ironically, they're what CEOs look for as well. But we have to learn them, and then we have to practice them. And life is this beautiful thing that it gives us the opportunity, of course, to practice our social and emotional intelligence every single day. But I, I created a program 
that is really the most comprehensive social-emotional character development program anywhere that I've seen. And I, I made it lifespan because, you know, it's really important, even starting prenatally, to be cognizant of what we're doing that can impact our baby's forming brain and infant toddler. So if you're like me and you're a single mom and you're handing over your six-week-old babies to daycare providers, Mm. they may love them, but that is such an important time for brain development and there are things that they can do. So we have an infant toddler. Then we've got a pre-K through 12th grade program, uh, programming for each different grade level that teaches these what are considered essential life skills. Then we have programming for the home and communities. Because by the way, any parents out there, you know, if, if you didn't have parents with these skills and tools, and I'll readily admit, when Jesse died, I was 44 years old, and I was researching all of this and realizing I don't have a lot of these skills and tools. And I graduated from college. I was an investment banker. I was a real estate agent. I did a little bit of everything as a single mom, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't socially and emotionally intelligent. And I've learned these skills and tools by helping to create this program. And my life is exponentially better. And from the feedback on your website and testimonials from teachers, the students' lives who are getting these are being exposed to the programs are exponentially better. The teachers' lives are better because they see the difference in their students. It's just once you start looking into this, Scarlett, it's amazing the impact that your work is having and that, those ripple effects that you're talking about. Well, and I made it a movement because I knew that it wasn't going to come from top down. That we had to take responsibility. I wanted to get people involved and take responsibility and start bringing this into their homes and and bringing it into their schools. And it's spread. And and Scarlett, I'm sorry, but we have to go to a break already. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about what some of these skills are and how we can get involved in choosing love first. So come on back in three minutes, everybody. history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. So we're talking with Scarlett Lewis, the mother of Jesse Lewis, the little hero who saved lives but then lost his life in the Sandy Hook tragedy. And she has gone from taking the worst thing that could happen and turning it into turning starting a movement that has reached millions of people now simply by word of mouth. Just uh, Scarlett, you give Jesse a lot of credit for that from across the veil, which I love since this show always talks about those in the on the other side of the veil. How is he directing your actions here? Oh, I say that and and my whole team believes that they were recruited. And this is something that someone said to me at one point, I've got lots of volunteers. We have ambassadors in almost every state. All of this is on our website. But I was just amazed at how people have stepped up and and helped and volunteered. And I was talking to somebody and they said, well, you know that I was recruited by Jesse. And and then somebody else said independently, well, Jesse recruited me. And uh, and I even had a governor's wife tell me that she was recruited by Jesse. And I was like, oh, my my gosh, well, I was, too. This is amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Jesse, for bringing all these people to me. And he knows that I need a lot of help. <laughs> and so he, he does a lot. He opens doors and uh, he, he, he keeps me going. He keeps me on my toes every day. <laughs> well, it sounds like he has some, some big helpers, too. You have a story in your book you wanted to share with us about uh, an amazing incident with skywriting. Oh, yes. So this is in my book, Nurturing Healing Love, and there are lots of incredible stories. In fact, I remember writing the book and having to take a lot out of just absolute what I call miracles. Um, But we, you know, it was two weeks after the tragedy and I was taking my 12-year-old son to Disney World. I just thought we needed to get away. Um, We needed a healing trip and just to be together uh, it was just the two of us before Jesse was born, and now it was just the two of us again. So um, we get tickets, and that morning there's this huge snowstorm. In fact, we're supposed to leave from one airport. It, it, the the point of origin of the flight actually changes. That's never even happened to me before. So we go to a, mm-hmm. a different one in New York. Our our plane is canceled three times. I'm telling you this for a reason. And okay. we finally get on, and JT and everyone is watching a movie. This is when you had to pay for movies, and the, <laughs> the airline gave it to us for free because of all the delays. Mine wouldn't play, and uh, JT's trying to help me figure it out. It's going down to, to songs, and it's playing Missing You, Wish You Were Here, you know, all these things. I'm writing down the words because I know that they're from Jesse and they're for me, and I look at JT. He's 12 years old, you know. He's not really mm-hmm. into the spiritual thing, and he says, I think it's Jesse. I'm like, I know. So anyway, we land. Um, and, you know, I, I just felt like I was getting so many messages from him on the plane. I had a friend text me and they said, how was your flight? And I said, I, Jesse, I think Jesse was all over this flight. So she mm-hmm. said, well, sometimes spirits linger because they want to make sure you're going to be okay. So I didn't tell JT anything. He's 12 years old. I, I, we get our luggage and I go, JT, can you stay with the luggage? I'm going to run to the bathroom and then we're going to run our car and we'll be on our way. So I go to the bathroom, shut the stall door and I pray. And I say, Jesse, 
if you're lingering to see if JT and I are going to be okay, we're going to be fine. I want you to go to be with Jesus. And I was bawling because I literally thought I was sending him away. I'm like, mm. you know, we will, we will join you. I want you to be in the arms of Jesus. If you can be in both places at once, please do. But if right. you can't, that's you where can. I want you to be. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. And so I rinsed my face off because this was our healing adventure trip. I did not want to be sad. I, I came out of the bathroom and I'm like, all right, JT, let's go. We rent our car. We drive out of the Orlando driveway or, you know, driveway of the airport. We make a right onto that highway there. And there, written in the sky, I have a picture of it in my book, by the way, is Mm -hmm. Jesse and Jesus together forever. And by the way, Jesse with a backwards J, the way that he wrote his J, backwards. And I pulled over and I didn't even say anything. I was speechless, as you can imagine. I look at JT. JT looks at me. Now, I didn't tell him about the prayer. He goes, Jesse's with Jesus. And I'm like, because to me, this meant, yeah, mom, I'm with Jesus and I'm with you. I can be at both places at once. And this was such great news to me. And so I started taking pictures and the plane's still writing. And it starts writing another message in front of the windshield, you know, in the sky. And and I'm like, JT, this message is for us. So the plane writes you plus God dash smiley face. And I say, JT, this is our message that we need to stay close to God to be happy. And he's like, I know. Can we go to Disney World now? (laughs) Enough of the messages, you know. Um, But then my neighbor, by the way, this isn't in the book. This is a follow-up. Came over on my birthday six months later. And she said, you know, I called down to the Orlando airport. Everybody kept saying, well, did you call down? Did you find out who wrote it? And I said, I don't need to. Uh, Nobody knew that I was going to say that prayer. I didn't even know. So that's an answer to my prayer. I don't need to know who wrote it or why they wrote it. My neighbor felt the need. So she calls down and she says, there's just this little group of skywriters. So the airport forwarded me to them. And I just told them I wanted to tell them that you saw the message and that you found comfort in it. And they said, no one wrote that message. Nobody here wrote that message. So, I mean, that's exactly what I would have anticipated was the response. <laughs> yeah. I do have the photos. Thank goodness. You didn't need the photos, yes. but it's just awesome. Oh, right. I love yes. it. And Jesse, as spirit knew that that was going to be what you saw and put that prayer in your head. I know it's kind of, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Ah, yeah. Wow. So amazing. So prayer is a formula for connection. You have a formula for all of us to make a difference. Yes, actually. So it's the choose love formula. This formula will help you thoughtfully respond to any situation, circumstance, or interaction you will face or ever have faced by choosing love. It will lead you to thoughtfully responding with love. Remember, when you respond with love, you are in your power. And mm-hmm. so it starts like this. And I want I want everybody that's listening to have this as a skill and tool in their belt to be able to use to thoughtfully respond with love. And part of the reason is because that's the world I want to live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that response You're, with yeah. love, right? Um, yeah. And so 
it starts with courage because courage is the most important character value. It's the one that underlies all the rest. It's so important. Science tells us that courage is like a muscle and that we can actually practice it to strengthen it. And here's the key. We all have the capacity for Jesse's courage. Now, that was it's an innate aspect of the soul. My journey of remembrance uh, recording that was dictated from the guide starts with courage is one of the seven aspects of the soul. So it's awesome. Oh, I totally get that. Yes. And but we can we can strengthen our courage. And this is what we teach in the program, by the way. And uh, Jesse's act of courage was extraordinary. He stood up to the shooter. Uh, and I hope that no one listening, including myself and you, ever are faced with that situation. But we practice courage every single day. Uh, the courage to do the right thing, the courage to mm-hmm. tell the truth, the courage to be vulnerable, the courage yeah. to be our authentic self, the courage to face our fear instead of resist and avoid it. Uh, even sometimes the courage to get out of bed in the morning and put our best foot forward. And so we start with courage. And then you have to have courage to practice each one of the other character values. And they come directly from Jesse's message of nurturing, healing, love. So nurturing, I want to stop lo- you for, for just a second yeah. here and remind everybody, you're teaching this from preschool through 12th grade, and then it's available to other people in whatever stage of life they're in. So everybody, can you imagine if every child from now on learns these skills that are not intuitive to the human side of us. This is what's yes. been missing. Okay. Yes. So courage, got that. Yes, courage, courage to make the right choices. And then we bring in Jesse's message of nurturing, healing, love. So nurturing means loving kindness and gratitude. And of course, everyone's heard of gratitude, but it is so important when we understand that we have this innate negative bias where, and it's, mm-hmm. it's so that we're safe. The cavemen focused on a saber toothed tiger. We focus on negativity. The majority of our thoughts every single day are negative between 70 to 80% and over 95% are repetitive. So yeah. that is our thoughts create our reality. And the majority of them, just right off the bat, are negative. So that's where gratitude comes in. Gratitude can help you shift the lens of your focus. We can only focus on one thought at a time. This is really important, and it's a really cool tool. So when you're having those lower energy, negative, um, resentful, maybe thoughts, and you're ready to switch out of that energy, Think of something that you're grateful for. And it may take courage if things aren't going your way, but there is always something to be grateful for. You cannot have two thoughts at once. It's pretty cool. You can try it. It's impossible. So in other words, you can use gratitude to shift the focus of your lens and start raising your vibration in that way. And then that neuroscientifically strengthens you to consider forgiveness. And when you go back to Jesse's message, healing means forgiveness. And Mm -hmm. forgiveness is so vital in our lives. And a lot of us 
don't think about it. But it is, like I said before, the key to relationships. There are decades of research behind the physical, mental, emotional benefits of practicing forgiveness. And and I want to just quote you from the first half, your definition of forgiveness, which is so different and so powerful, cutting the cord that attaches you to pain. Yeah. Not not absolving somebody of responsibility. Not at all. Not at all. It's just cutting the cord that attaches you to pain. I felt like I was attached to the shooter and all of my personal power ran out of me in the form of anger through this umbilical cord and into the shooter. And I dragged him around with me everywhere Mm. uh, because I was giving him control over my thoughts that impact how I feel, that then impact my behavior and how I show up in relationships and through my anger. And forgiveness was like a big set of scissors. It was a choice. I took those scissors. I cut that cord that attached me to pain. All my personal power ran back into me and it felt so good. But I will say, it doesn't mean that you don't fall back into anger because you most likely will. And when you do, you just take a deep breath and you forgive again. So forgiveness starts with a choice and then it becomes a process. But really important because in some situations, it's the only way, like mine, to take your personal power back. And this is what's really cool, Suzanne. So every adult told me, you cannot put forgiveness in those lessons for kids. Mm. That's way too lofty a topic. You can't, kids aren't going to understand forgiveness. So, but what we've learned over the past five years, and this surprised me, was that forgiveness oftentimes is kids' favorite character value. Even little kids, it's, wow. it's really amazing. And when they, when I ask them at the end, like wrapping up a year or something, and I'll say, what's your favorite character value? And they'll say, forgiveness. And I'll say, really? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Truly, yeah. because I'm shocked. And they say, because it feels so good to let it go. And, oh. and they'll say, it's a superpower. Wow. wow. And, and when you ask them, what's the character value that you use the most? Now, I would think that they would say courage or even compassion that we're getting to. But they say forgiveness. It feels so good to let it go. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> And I yeah, love that you're so, teaching them young. I mean, we have so many people talk about social programs in school. And, and this, these are some that are absolutely fundamental to living the life our souls came here to live. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, so we it's have amazing. courage, gratitude, forgiveness in the yeah. choose love formula. Yep. And we have one more character value. And so we've gone through nurturing and healing and then love and love is compassion in action. And this is a really important concept to understand right now. Um, Compassion has two components in its definition. There is the identifying component when you identify the need of somebody else and then the action component. Remember, we call it compassion in action, where you actively do something to help ease that pain or something that's service oriented. And the science behind compassion tells us that all love, and I say, of course, the nurturing, healing love that we give out, we get 
back. So there's that two, those two <laughs> components, not to be confused with empathy. Um, empathy is necessary for relationships, and we do teach it. However, you know, uh, there, there can be empathy burnout and empathy fatigue. And, you know, you're seeing so many articles now talking about compassion burnout and fatigue, and there is literally technically no such thing because when you identify with the need and then you actively do something to help solve that problem you are strengthening yourself you're energizing yourself you're healing yourself and this is all science but when you put yourself in someone else's shoes when you empathize with them that is a painful process that literally mm -hmm. lights up the same receptors in your brain as physical pain. So that can lead to empathy, burnout, and fatigue because you can only feel somebody else's pain for so long then you have to turn away. So this is a very important distinction, especially now, especially for educators and healthcare workers and anybody out there working in the, the COVID um, industries. Um, really important to make that distinction and understand that with and just with the understanding, you can start energizing yourself and uh, and uh, helping to heal yourself. Now, when you have the courage to be grateful, even when things aren't going your way, the courage to forgive, even if the person who hurt you isn't sorry, doesn't care, or may not even know, mm -hmm. and the courage to step outside your own busyness, distraction, even pain and suffering to help somebody else, you have chosen love. And when you choose love, you take your personal power back, you take responsibility, and you make the world a better place. Wow. This is the key. And teaching this to people at all ages and implementing it is Absolutely. Already making a difference in our world. I want you to share some success stories with us in a second, but I do want to point out that not only is this something we can do in our individual lives, but by supporting the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement, even with donations, you can help spread the ripples in that way as well. I, I do want to make a point. You said on your website, you know, a $1 donation to the movement will teach one student. $25 will teach a class, $1,000, an entire school district. That just fires me up. So that's what our dollars can do. But how about the success stories of how using these tools really makes a difference? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will just say that this program is no cost. And, and it's no cost because these are the essential life skills that would have saved my son's life. They would have saved Adam Lanza's life, and they can reduce and prevent so much of the suffering that we're seeing in this world. These skills and tools address the cause of not only violence and bullying, but also substance abuse and uh, so much mental illness, suicide, so many of, of the, the things that we're suffering from and that we're seeing escalate in our world. This addresses the cause and you cannot be talking about a solution to something unless you're addressing the cause you've got a lot of people out there focusing on the problems and uh and and we do it in a different way and so we appreciate donations we've been going for eight years and we've positively impacted millions of people on a small budget 
with a free program. Uh, there are other programs, but a lot of them are really expensive. And my son was priced out of the market at Sandy Hook Elementary School of getting this kind of program. And that's why I knew that I had to make this no cost. We have so many success stories, Suzanne. It's incredible. Um, mm -hmm. One teacher in a uh, high school that um, was in a really kind of rough area. In fact, um, we visited that high school because we wanted to see her class that had embraced choosing love. And she said, literally, when you walk in the door, you're going to see physical fights in the hallways. But my kids are going to be the ones on the outside of the fights yelling, choose love. Oh <laughs> I gosh. mean, I, I, was, I was like, oh, my God, where are we going? So we didn't see physical fights when we came in there. But the, the class was incredible. They had taken this message, by the way, to Washington, D.C. on a class trip. They had painted a mural, and each one was sharing with us their personal transformation. One young man had attempted suicide. He had been hospitalized. He got out of the hospital. His teacher taught him the formula, and he says that it saved his life. He's now one of our youth ambassadors. Um, he travels with us for a while and told his story. He's on fire for choosing love. And it was amazing because this class, was lamenting. They were talking about their experience with Choose Love, and they were saying, you know, in the beginning of the year, we had nothing in common. Like that, that she had a kid, and, you know, they were talking about how different they were. They said, but when, when we started Choosing Love, we started realizing that there was a common element within all of us. And and the issue then was they were literally afraid that when they left that school year, they had two weeks left to school, that they were going to lose that connection. And that connection had become so powerful and so strong to them that uh, they didn't want to lose it. It was just absolutely amazing. Wow. So many and, and stories you, like that. You, you must just go to bed at night and think about that some child somewhere was affected so positively that you helped them turn a corner, they might have turned into another shooter. So, but at the same time, then it must also make you think, must feel this urgency to reach more people. Uh, I, you know, there was, there was one story where this teacher shared with me that she had made a connection with this little fourth grader that had been going through a horrendous time. And he was wearing his band with the formula around it a year later. And she said, gosh, you're still wearing that band. Why? And he says, because it reminds me that I have the courage that Jesse showed to choose love. And you know what, Suzanne, for one, for like one minute, I, I, I heard Jesse and he literally said to me, mom, if all we ever did was touch this one child, it would be mm -hmm. enough. And, yes, and that was the first time, literally, I think I sat back and I took a breath and I just was, I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. It's incredible to touch one life in a, in a positive way like that. <laughs> and that lasted about 30 seconds. And then I thought, but there's so many more lives that need this. There's so much suffering out there that we can reduce and prevent. Let's go, Jess. Let's keep it up. Absolutely. It's your mission, but it should be everybody's mission. How can listeners get involved? What can we do? 
Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's so much to do. Um, please check out our website, chooselovemovement.org. We have an advocate program where we have pre-written emails and messages that you can put on your social media to spread the word. Make sure that everybody understands that this is available. We have schools, homes, and communities and businesses that are choosing love all throughout the United States, in every state, and 112 countries. You know, there's so much anxiety out there, Suzanne, about things that we're seeing when we uh, read about what's happening in our world. And the opposite of anxiety is action. And so I encourage all of your listeners to take action because there is something that you can do. We can create the world that we want to live in. We can facilitate a world that thoughtfully responds with love. And I don't know, I I know about you, I know about me, that's the world that we want to live in, but we're going to have to take responsibility and we're going to have to do this. I mean, sometimes I think we wait for our leaders to do it, but if they could have, by the way, they would have because they have kids, they suffer, uh, they're touched by these issues as well. It's really going to take everyone, you and me, taking responsibility and doing something about it. And let me tell you something, that when you start the action part, you feel peace because you know that you're doing something and you, you can see that it makes a difference. Well, you've certainly made a difference. Millions, literally millions of lives changed. I love that you have steps, you have tools, a specific formula. So it's not just words. We, it's always good when we can be aware and say, okay, I need courage. What, do I, what can I do right now? Now I need to shift to gratitude. All right, what am I grateful for? Now let's shift to forgiveness. So how do I cut that cord that's taken away my power? And now the compassion part comes in. I can't thank you enough as we run out of time here, Scarlett. You are an Thank angel, you so and you much. are you and Jesse are making a tremendous difference in our world. As as are you. Thank you so much, Suzanne. I love you so much. Oh, well, it's mutual. And thank you all for listening. Let's all choose love. It's just so inspiring. See you next week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.